0: Your family, we're going to end our time in Nehemiah chapter 12 today by looking at um, how a true worship service is centered around God's word. You recall yesterday, I said how worship service required you to be holy, that it is centers around the holiness of the individual uh, because that holiness brings joy. Uh, in Nehemiah 12, the priests had to do all this purification process for themselves and for everyone else because it uh, because they want to be holy before they worship and celebrate and, and give, sing songs of thanksgivings to the Lord. And I said that that's the result of, of holy living that when you are holy, that gives you ability to rejoice and to receive Him uh, and to acknowledge and love Him more. Um, obedience gives us joy, but uh, which again, the, the inverse, which is sinfulness, makes us not desire things of the Lord. I said that you cannot be worldly and expect to be. Uh, thankful to god you cannot be living in sin and expect to rejoice in god and today we're going to talk about how a true and good worship service is centered around god's word in verse uh in verse let's see in verse 24 when the pre- when all the priests are being listed they said that they, uh, they, they, give, they were giving thanks, and then they were doing things that's prescribed by David, the man of God, division corresponding to division. So they're basically modeling their worship after Scripture. They're, they look at the life of David, and they said, okay, we're going to worship that way. And verse 44 to 47, it, it expands a little bit on that. Uh, verse 44 on that day the men were also appointed over the chambers of the stores and contribution the fruits and the tithes gathered into them from the fields of the cities of portion required by the law for the priests and the levites for judah rejoiced over the priests and levites who served so they were offering those sacrifices and tithes um to the temple uh, and they did it not because oh we just find some random animal let's go and just give this to the priest no they did it according to the law that's required by the law um, so they, they, they remember in chapter 8, Ezra taught them uh, the word. And they're like, okay, what are the things that we need to do so that we can draw close to the Lord? We you offer these sacrifices in this particular way. Let's do it. And that's what they it is. is focused on what God's word has to say. Um, verse 45, For they performed the worship of their God and service of purification together with the singers and the gatekeepers in accordance with the command of David and of his son Solomon. The goal is to please God and not man. Uh, They were trying to do all that they can um, in basically continuity, not just with the people in their life and their history, but doctrinally as well, that they wanna be consistent with God's word. Uh, They made for themselves, they they made it a responsibility to confess their sins and to offer the right sacrifices to the Lord. Now, I I wonder if this is something that you do. Do you ever confess your sins before you join the worship service? Oftentimes, whenever I give uh, whenever I do communion, I will actually ask people, and I think all the pastors as well, that we talk about confessing your sins, to uh, confess your sins before you take the worship, before you take the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table. And I know that some of you probably do not do that. I know that some of you, out of a fear of man, you choose not to confess um, or not to reconcile with your relationship with individuals um, and just take communion. Uh, and that's between you and the Lord, but you understand that that's Uh, that's taking communion in an unworthy manner. Scripture tells you if you have have something against someone or even have knowledge that someone has something against you, leave your offering at the altar and go and restore that relationship and then go back and worship the Lord. Again, this is back then speaking of like the journey it takes for individuals to go from their home to the temple. Sometimes these are like several days' journey. So he's going from, let's say, four days to the temple, realizes something that was wrong, then it takes four days back, reconciles that person, then another four days to return to Worship, and then four days back to uh, to come back from worship. That's like a total of sixteen days because of um, because of a, a, a realization of a broken relationship that you have with someone. And you know we won't even do that, knowing that we can just call an individual. You know that's the expectation that God has. He wants us to be holy when we worship Him, um, and that's because that's 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 what God's Word has to say. That we should not have any. You know we shouldn't have any grudges with anyone. We shouldn't hold anything against anyone that we should be united in love and if there is that if there is that sort of Tension that you have with someone that is the best thing that you do is not actually necessarily go into the worship service But go reconcile with that person before you go into the worship service that you live your life Honorable to the Lord not just during Sundays But every single day and it's that for and for some of you that means that you need to confess your sins before you even go to the worship service Uh, God's word was followed and it made them thankful and they remember god and what he has done and then moved them to continue to submit to god's word we can so we can focus so much on everything in the church except the only thing that matters and that is god's word um, these individuals saw God's Word and then they applied it to their life. They they saw God's Word. They said, here's a purification process. Here's what you need to do. And then they did it. And when we look at it in our context, do we do that? When we hear God's Word preached, it should, it should move us to obedience as well. Um, and then, you know, in between Sunday to the next Sunday, it, there should be something in the message that makes you realize that, oh, I need, made, I need to uh, repent in these certain areas so that I can walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord. And oftentimes, um, that means that you have to deal with sin. Sometimes that's personal sin in your own life. Other times it's sin that you have against other people. But the point is that you 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 center your life around God's word, so that uh, you're moved by it, and then you could worship Thor faithfully on a Sunday. That's all centered around God's word. In our time, in our age, um, the church as a whole, uh, I mean, in our you have to understand in our in our Reformed circles, we're actually a minority. Uh, there aren't that many churches that operate like us on a Sunday service. A lot of churches in, in modern times uh, have a very low view of God's Word. They have high view of singing, they have high view of giving, they have high view of everything else except for the Word of God. I have visited some of these churches in the past and it's usually things like, you know, a 10-minute devotional message and the rest is just like, you know, video packages on what you need to do to give or, um, you know, uh, here's all things of welcoming new visitors and all these songs and mainly just a lot more singing and even the song itself isn't really elevating the Lord but really elevating our own emotions. Uh, and I've been to churches where uh, God's word is uh, held high and oftentimes it's uh, is inverse. Uh, there's there's more teaching and then there's less of everything else because our lives is centered around God's word. The church is just a macro version of what we do in our private time you know in our own t- devotional time our own private lives it's centered around god's word but when we c- come together it's magnifying that we should still come together because of god's word god's word is everything it reveals to us who our god is it reveals to us who he is and what we need to and how we need to conduct ourselves uh, and our life must always be centered around this book it's what First Peter tells us when he said that this scripture has all, this book, the Bible, is sufficient. It has everything that it needs pertain to a life of godliness. And I sense that for some of us, even though you know that truth, that you don't care about godliness. There isn't a desire to strive to, to, to apply God's word in your life, which then means that you're worshiping God in a, in a false way. Because if you're not going to apply God's word in the other six days of your life, chances are you're not going to apply God's word on, that's on the day of worship as well. So I hope that this will cause you to do some reflection. Uh, you know, Holiness and God's word are linked together. The more you know about God's word, the more you should be convicted to um, to stay away from God, uh, from sin and, and repent of sin, and hope that so you can continue to be holy. And then the holiness will drive you to be, um, to, to drive you to desire God's word more, which will make you holy. It's a cycle that goes over and over again for the life of the Christian. This is what it means for us Christians to work out our salvation with fear and trembling that it requires us to engage the scriptures with our mind and that should change our heart so that we live out a certain way. And then we go back into scripture to be fed again so that, that it can inform our mind, change our hearts, and then our desires will, will change and then we'll become more joyful and thankful to the Lord out of our obedience to him. So that's what I hope for us when, we, when, we're, when we're returning slowly to our in person service. And even if you, some of you are not able to return that you take the Sunday service worship seriously. That it, that it should be centered around God's word and that your life should be centered around God's word which should move you to a life of holiness. And then the, 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 the process and the cycle continues until you see, uh, until you and I come to face to face with our Lord. I hope that this is helpful, and happy Thanksgiving to you all. This is going to be the last uh, message we have for this week, and next week we're going to end uh, the book of Nehemiah, which is uh, you know it's a 13-week journey that we've gone together, and it was edifying and encouraging to me, and I hope it is for you as well. Thank you for listening, and happy Thanksgiving. Take care.